Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, Today's a special episode of on seminary, it's going to take a little bit of a different conversation than we normally have. I've got my friend Chris Hahn with us. He is the executive pastor of Missional Spaces at a church in Chicago land you maybe heard of before, Willow Creek. But really, today I want to hear more about Chris's own story and kind of his own, uh, you know, the journey that God's had him on. And so, obviously, what he's doing at Willow connects with that story. But I'm actually more interested in the kind of broader story. Chris, welcome to the, the show. So glad you're here. Thanks, Rich, man. It's great to be on and honor to uh, call you my friend and also to be a part of what you're doing, which is impacting a lot of lives of leaders and churches. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much. I, uh, yeah, we've had a chance to connect a little bit over the years and um, excited to, you know, to kind of have a conversation in public today um, about just the journey you've been on. I really, really appreciate that. So why don't you tell us a little bit of the the, the Chris story, kind of pull back, give us the, the 20,000 foot view uh, how have you, you know, kind of the journey you've been on, and then we'll narrow in and talk about the last kind of this last long leg uh, of your journey. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. I, um, I've been in ministry for over 30 years and it started out in student ministry and then, uh, out of college landed at a church in Kentucky, a large church in Kentucky, where, um, I started as a children's pastor and did that for 10 years <laughs> and then kind of moved around, which I, I would say like, all like you know, all ministry can be learned through the lens of children's ministry. <laughs> so so true. The best that, people but, comes out of kids' <laughs> ministry. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, so true. And, and then I navigated a, a couple of transitions in there to where I eventually landed to where the last 10 years or so of my time there, I was executive pastor and uh, the lead executive pastor for the church. The church was you know, a large, large church, multi-site. We'd gotten into the multi-site world, had a lot of, um, uh, campuses and expanding our campuses. Our, our goal was to kind of put a healthy church within the reach of anyone in the state of Kentucky. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we pushed the gas as, as mm-hmm. hard as we could and, and took off after that. And, um, man, I, I think, um, the, the big piece of my story is at, uh, in, um, January of 2020, which was at the beginning of when a lot of, a lot of lives begin to, <laughs> to change. Right. Uh, I had no idea, but um, was was called to my attention that um, I I was I was not in a healthy place, and mm. um, I think I knew it um, internally, mm. but I I did not want to confront it. And mm. I as as, an, as I'm an Enneagram one, and mm. I don't know a ton about Enneagrams, but I have learned a, a lot about what that means for me uh, in this in this last season. But um, it was called to my attention, man, that I, I was unhealthy and it, it was, was at a place where um, I, I needed to step away uh, from what mm-hmm. I was doing. And mm-hmm. it was one of those where, you know, I walked into a meeting and uh, had no idea what I was walking into and walked out and, you know, everything had changed. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and really what I, Rich, what I looked back, what I look back now and see is that um, I was carrying a lot and mm-hmm. I was ignoring a lot. And as an Enneagram mm-hmm. one, I really felt like it was just my responsibility 
mm. to do what I was what I was supposed to do and do it really mm. well, really really well with a, a, a great deal of responsibility. And what mm. I what I just kind of glossed past was, man, we we'd had family challenges that uh, my daughter mm. had a significant relationship that broke up and I just kind of navigated that. I was um, actually the chairman of a board of a small college that we had to close the doors on during that period of time. We were restructuring our staff as we were getting ready to expand mm-hmm. our mission a little bit. And um, I, I, I just kind of kept plowing, right? I didn't ask for help. Mm-hmm. I didn't um, mm-hmm. really pay attention to any of the warning lights that were on my dashboard that I was, I was getting really tired and burnt out. And mm-hmm. um, one of the, one of the, things I look back now and see is that um, there, I'd, I'd walked with a family, two families actually in our church that lost 20 year old uh, sons. And I did the funeral for mm. one of them. My kids had been friends with these, these guys. And I remember walking out of that, that situation one day, just thinking, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And mm, um, I've never really thought that before. Uh, but, but you right. know what, man, I just, I just ignored it. And right. um I allowed myself then um, in in my what I now can look back and see was was burnout. Um, I allowed myself to slip into what I would just say is is really immature patterns. And mm. Um, mm. I was walking with Jesus. I mean, I was in the Word every day. I was you know my prayer life was yeah. great. Uh, so it right. wasn't like I, I you know was into you know anything that was immoral or, or my mm. holiness was was slipping. But I was I was just in my fatigue being really um, kind of immature, mainly with my, with my speech and the way I talked to people. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. when, when I realized that when it, when I, when, when God got my attention and everything was completely stripped away from me, um, man, I, I knew that, um, that, that God was getting my attention and um, mm-hmm. I knew that I had mm-hmm. to, I had to make some, some serious changes in my life because he was, he was putting me in the situation. <laughs> to have to yeah. make some changes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to talking about this. And um, you know, friends, Chris is giving you a a gift today of helping us understand to get inside of this. And so um it's it's an honor that you would would share a little bit, you know, just to give uh, a little bit of outsider context. I, the part that I think is fascinating about this story, about what God's done in your life is I think we all have faced to a different degrees where, you know, the church you were at, like you say, large church in Kentucky, it was growing up and to the right, you know, lots of great things going on in ministry while at the same time, you know, your own personal life you were, you know, struggling with, um, and maybe even like you say, unknown. And I think that we have all experienced that in ministry. There is a disconnect when we lead between what we do publicly and then, and then what's happening in our own lives. And so, um, in some ways, I, you know, I look at it and say, "Wow, God did a great thing because He got your attention uh, about these things and didn't let it continue, but before it could become, you know, much, you know, much worse situation." Let's let's talk about maybe the first steps of, okay, so you are, you know, called into this meeting, and you know, it's this beginning of this revelation process. Wow, like something is out of step. W- talk us through what those those first, you know, first few days and weeks, what did that look like? What was, what was going on? Yeah. You know, what's crazy is when I walked out of that meeting, um, as devastated as I, as I was, there was something in me that had a sense of relief, <laughs> which mm, was really, really strange. You know, it yes. was really strange. I did not expect that. Um, but I, I immediately, of course, called my wife, who's uh, has been amazing. It's been my rock with this whole thing. But, um, 
gathered with friends, gathered, gathered my adult kids. Um, and then I, I started, you know, calling my, my spiritual mentors, my ministry mentors, mm-hmm. my, mm-hmm. um, counselor and just saying, Hey, mm-hmm. here's, here's, here's where I'm at. This is what's happened. And, um, I, I need help. I need to figure out mm-hmm. like, what is mm-hmm. it in me that, um, that got me here, but also like, like, why would I have ignored it? Like that's, to me, that was a bigger mm. problem is, is if I'd been sitting across this, the desk from myself, you know, months before I would have seen mm. some of those things, but there was some arrogance in me or something that just caused me to ignore what I was, what I was seeing. So I started journeying with my uh, mentors and with my counselor um, in, in ways that just was like, stripped me completely away. Right. I mean, it's like, I mm. want to like figure it all out and I'm willing to be a hundred percent vulnerable, transparent. And there was a there was a session I had with my counselor early on where I was walking through some stuff and she said um, she asked me she said how does that make you feel and mm. I looked at her because I was like I was committed to being honest and so I was looked at her mm-hmm. and I said you know I, I don't know I I, I know mm. what I think about it but I'm not sure what I feel mm. about it and then and then I really thought about it and I thought you know actually I know what I should think and I know what I should mm. feel but I'm not sure what I think and feel. And, you know, mm. you never want to look up and see your counselor looking at you with real wide eyes, right? That's never a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but but she, yeah. was, she was looking at me in a way where she had just had discovery. And she said, you know, you don't really know who you are anymore, do you? And mm. um, man, it was at that moment where I was like, you know what? I hate to admit it, but I don't. And um, mm. I had learned over the years just how to compartmentalize my feelings, how to not really feel them um, to the point where then we had to begin journeying out like me even recognizing what certain emotions um, were like, I couldn't mm. really even identify sadness versus anger or, um, you know, discontent or whatever emotions I couldn't really even identify. Them. So I had to start mm-hmm. a journey back around um, just starting to feel again and mm-hmm. understanding what it means to sit in feelings and not just try to get through them. You know, that was a big part of my, mm. my journey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. we had friends that were super close with us that allowed us to come stay down at their house just for several days and just kind of, just kind of rest in their, in, in that community. And then just in what the Lord mm-hmm. was doing. And th- th- these friends, along with some others, interestingly enough, just kept saying, as they were praying for us, they were getting, uh, they kept getting the word rescue. They kept getting this word mm-hmm. rescue as they prayed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just kind of like, you know, I'm not really sure what this means, but um, we feel like mm-hmm. God's, God's doing something around rescue. And now we look back, you know, two mm-hmm. years later and realize God was, God was kind of rescuing, rescuing me from, you know, kind of going deeper into, um, mm-hmm. spinning out further into burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so then I took, you know, I took several months and, uh, really just thought, I, I think God's, God's probably done with me in the church mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. last thing I ever wanted to do was to hurt a church or hurt people. I mean, I got into ministry to help people. Right. I love the church. Right. Right. And, uh, so I just kind of felt like I, I'm probably, I'm probably done. And, um, mm. you know, was, was talking to God saying, man, well, I'll do anything that you want me to do, except go back into the church. Right. <laughs> Cause I was scared to death. Right. And, and, you know, honestly, right. there are people like you who walked with me in that time that were so kind to allow me to have the space to process that way. Um, but mm. also we're kind of encouraging thinking, you know, I, I know when you and I had a conversation at one point where I said, mm. actually, I feel like I've been holding on to this thing where I've thought God's. I can't go back into the church, um, but God, mm-hmm. I'll do anything else. And once I finally opened my hand and say, okay, God, I, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And had that conversation, even with you, you were like, 
yeah, I know God's not the only you in the church. Like there's something, there's mm-hmm. something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree that, that we yeah. need to process, but yeah. I, I just, I just, man, I, I thought I was done. I mean, I, I just thought I was right. done. Yeah. You know? Talk, talk to me about, uh, so I have similar story around counseling around feelings for sure. And like, I only mm-hmm. thought there was a couple feelings. Turns out there's a lot more. Um, and <laughs> you know, uh, talk us through that. What difference did that? Cause there may be leaders who are listening and listen, there's people who like pretty driven, pretty like, you know, Hey, like you say, Enneagram ones, we got to check out, check the stuff off the list. We got to get it all done. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've learned systematically to like stuff that stuff down to just like, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep my emotions down. And, I know for me, I, you know, I've have struggled over the years, even with positive emotions, like great things will happen at church. And I just want to move on to what's next. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not taking a moment even to just be thankful, to be happy for what, you know, what happened. Talk to us about the difference of kind of understanding, identifying, sitting in, um, Mm -hmm. kind of go a little bit deeper onto that. Yeah, that's great. I, so kind of embarrassed to say, but I I looked back, I look back at, at my leadership and I kind of wore it as a badge that I didn't feel things. <laughs> mm. And, you know, I'd even like thump my chest and go, tink, tink, tink. Like, I, you know, my heart can be hard. I can go in and handle really hard things and not feel it. And I thought that was honorable in some really weird way. And then I learned that it mm. was the opposite. It was a big problem. So um, through counseling, you know, honestly reading some of Brene Brown's books. Um, mm-hmm. There's a podcast called the adult chair where I learned some things, but learning mm-hmm. to identify, this is what I am feeling at this moment and really sit and whether that's write it all out and, and mm-hmm. kind of figure out, okay, I'm feeling this. Why am I feeling this way? What am I feeling? And then, and honestly, just sitting in it and, and mm-hmm. recognizing that I feel sad right now. And I, mm-hmm. I don't really know why, Mm-hmm. But I feel sad and I just need to sit and be sad and it's mm-hmm. okay to be sad mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I needed to talk to somebody about why I might feel sad or, um, mm-hmm. you know, journaling was a really, really big, big piece of this to sit and just really write down what I was feeling and identify it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then not to just not to move on from it, to realize God, right. God has wired me with emotions, all of us mm-hmm. for a reason. And they're there mm-hmm. to to help us and, and to teach us something. Right. So mm-hmm. um, there's a book that's called permission to feel. And in that mm-hmm. book, it describes a bunch of different emotions. And so I, I really camped out in that book a lot, trying to identify, okay, mm-hmm. here's what I'm writing out that I think I'm feeling. And now let me kind of look at, look at this book to see, okay, Oh, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily anger. It's frustration or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and not, not trying to rush out of that in, into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that what's, what's, what's phenomenal is that that process that I say I started in 2020, like I'm still in it. Like I'm still right, in that right. process of, yes. you know, now of, of each day figuring out, you know, mm-hmm. what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And not mm-hmm. really feeling like I have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes any, if that makes, makes much sense or not. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, it sounds like you had around you, um, an existing network. You had people that were there. How, uh, is that a misread or did you have to build a network of people, counselors and you know mentors and stuff during this season? I'm thinking particularly folks who are listening in today who are like, I look around and I, I don't know who I would talk to. I'm not sure who I would have that conversation with. Help me understand how you, know, how you identified these are the people I should be processing with. Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I reached out to um, 
who I would <clears throat> would refer to as my ministry mentors initially, which was mm-hmm. my former youth pastor, um, mm-hmm. who I, honestly hadn't really had had conversation with like intense conversations for years. But I mm-hmm. I knew he loved me, and mm-hmm. I knew he would you know would speak hard things to me, but also would would you know embrace me for where I was and who I am. So reached out to him, reached out to a former lead pastor, um, reached out to some spiritual mentors as well, uh, mm-hmm. just. You know, people around the country that I, I again knew, loved me, and knew cared for me, uh, close friends, and then a counselor we had had um, who had helped us navigate some family stuff at, at you know mm-hmm. years before. And I had actually this was weird as I kind of made it a, a a little bit of my routine where at least once every couple months uh, I would just go and sit and say ask me hard things because I don't know mm. I, I feel okay but ask me hard things. So I had mm. that. I even had that rhythm and routine built into things. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't hundred percent. I don't think I was going to the depths where I needed to go. So I had mm-hmm. that network somewhat in place, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, they weren't necessarily the people that I, I ran with every day or, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't, you mm-hmm. know the, the closest friends that, you know, you're doing, doing life with. They were people who I knew um, that I could reach out to at any moment with anything going on. And they mm-hmm. would be, they would love me, but they would be completely honest with me. And my my former youth pastor, he's the one that really just challenged me. He said, um, he, he told me some things to do, but he also said, go back to your leaders and just say, I need to know everything. Like I need to know every mm. piece of me that there was an issue with, because I'm getting ready to dive into some really hard work and right. I want to make sure I do all of the work right away. Mm. And I just took, I took those those that wisdom and took it to heart and mm-hmm. followed exactly what what these these folks said to me that um mm-hmm. were so, was so important as they coached me hmm. wow that's interesting that's good i love that encouragement of even like you know people who you haven't connected with in a long time that you know you had some uh you know relationship with i think that's really really good i you know I, i've heard in other contexts right you're looking for people who love you but aren't impressed with you right they yeah. they love you but aren't like they're mm-hmm. they're not like wow you're like the most amazing person you're just, you're just a yeah. person that they they deeply deeply love i love that that's uh, that's so good mm-hmm. now so let's let's talk about um your processing all of this and at the same time, because you were talking there about you're thinking about what you're going to do next, right? There's mm-hmm. the like, am I going to become a real estate agent? Am I going to, how does, how does all that fit together? Because to me, that's the, man, that's a complex, that's complex to figure out when it's so attached to, you know, the kind of pressure point, the the crisis point was so attached to where, what your, your vocation, how did you navigate that? What did that, how did all that fit together? Um, so I, I initially started thinking, you know, I'm, I, I didn't feel like I was losing my call to ministry or anything like that. So I, I was right. like, I, I, I'm going to do something ministry wise, but it mm-hmm. just may not be in the church. Like I, I, right. I thought I'll, I'll go do something in, in fitness and be mm-hmm. able to have a positive impact on the lives of, of people, you know, physically, mm-hmm. but also spiritually. And uh, mm-hmm. in that same context, and I'll, I'll do ministry that way. Um, and I had one friend who's out in, in California who um, just really kind of pushed me a little bit around the church thing to say, man, you know, you, you're, you know, 
what you've, where you are and what you've done does not disqualify mm. you from God using mm. you in the church and the church mm. needs you mm. and needs what mm. you, what you bring to um, mm. the kingdom. And so I, I just dismissed it at first. Cause I was like, man, mm. there's, I just can't do it. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. know if it was humiliation or embarrassment or just, again, mm-hmm. I, I never wanted to hurt a church. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I just started to just pray through it, honestly, and just mm-hmm. really give it over to God to say, man, if, if I'm supposed to do, if I'm supposed to say, I'll do whatever you want me to do, then I got to be willing to really do whatever you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the day that, that it's funny, the day that we, my wife, Sharon and I, the day we kind of came to that realization and opened our hands and say, okay, God, we'll do that. Um, the very next day, three churches call me out of the blue mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. said, Hey, heard this is, this is where you're at. would love to talk mm-hmm. with you. And I was like, okay, God, that's confirmation that, that <laughs> maybe I need to, I need, I may need to listen. Yeah. And, yeah. Interesting. Um, and, and pay attention to that for sure. So. Yeah. I think it's, um, and this is not, Listen, I you know this as a friend. I respect you and the whole team at Willow. What what you're doing, and that's a whole for a whole conversation for a whole other day. What the ministry that you guys are, you know, attempting to rebuild and all that with the stuff they've been through. It is. I didn't think of this until literally till now, but it, it just feels like a God story that He's placed you, a person who you know has struggled with some performance stuff, and how does that relate to life? And is on the other and on the other side of that, and now you're leading in a ministry who there's. There's echoes of those issues that have impacted, dramatically impacted the ministry mm-hmm. there. Um, that feels very gospel. That feels very, you know, pay, make, taking bad things and making good out of it. That feels amazing. Um, help me understand, um, you know, one of the things I think I've been thinking a lot about over this last year, it, it seems like everywhere we go, you know, and it, so many ministries have had leaders fall. And that's just a normal part of the, you know, it's like, it's like baked in some mm-hmm. for some strange reason you know having been through what you've been through help us think through how we create a culture where we can create the kinds of places where people go from making maybe unwise decisions to foolish decisions and then somewhere on the other end of that spectrum is like radically hurtful damaging you know like i'm out doing something super negative to people manipulative like super super dark but we want to catch people when they make you know they're making foolish unwise decisions and we want to create the kind of culture that can open up and be like hey let's talk about those things having been mm-hmm. through what you've been through how are you trying to build a culture now that would allow that for yourself and for other people what does that look like now kind of on on the other side as you're trying to wrestle through that yeah that's an amazing question and um man our our whole journey to willow um was I mean, God just in the middle of every bit of that. And right, um, right. my first conversation with Dave, it was like, okay, God's doing something here. But then as we journeyed that out, um, seeing what I had gone through, knowing some of the experience that I, I'd had, um, even in leadership, but just the um, redemption of what God had done in my own life. Um, and mm-hmm. man, the impact that Willow had had on my ministry for, you know, all the way back. Yeah, like the so 80s. many of us, just, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. It was like, yeah. like God was lining a lot of this up. And so um, I think in the, in the church, the church world, we have to get better with creating a culture where it's okay to not be okay and not feel like you're right. going to get right. canceled or, you know, it's like, we, mm-hmm. we really have to have intentional um, opportunities to be in the lives of one another. And I think Willow's done an amazing mm-hmm. job of responding to some extreme challenges and difficulties mm-hmm. uh, to reestablish a, a healthy church um, and to be mm-hmm. in the lives of people to provide opportunities to say, Hey, if you're, if you're not okay, then 
you know, let's talk about it. Doesn't mean you're going to lose your job. Right. There's there's avenues right. that we can put in place that that can help you with that. One of the things that was uh, really um, really helpful for me personally was um, in I started in July of 2020 at Willow, and in October of 2020, I got up in front of the whole staff and told my story and and mm-hmm. just was transparent and vulnerable. And in that culture, that had not been something that had been done before, where leaders would mm-hmm. have admitted you know uh, failures or mistakes or faults mm-hmm. and that opened the door for a lot of um a lot of vulnerability within our team which i think was helpful so i think leaders have to go first right i mean mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i think as leaders in the church culture i think we have to from the senior leader elders on down have to create a culture where it's okay to not be okay and to talk about things uh, that you're struggling with and to confront one another on things mm-hmm. that are that seem to be out of line you know it's like hey i'm mm-hmm. i'm picking up on this behavior in you and i love you enough to tell you Something's right. not right. And I want to journey this out with you as opposed to just right. cutting you off or distancing myself from you before yes. it gets to a place where where it spins out of control. Right. And yeah. so creating space for us to be honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. with one another, um, creating places where we can kind of cry uncle to go. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm carrying a lot and I need help. Um, uh, creating spaces where, you know, you have somebody who um, will, will be 100 percent vulnerable with you and you mm-hmm. with them. You can't do that with everybody, nor should you. That's mm-hmm. not healthy. But you gotta have mm-hmm. somebody, right, that you can mm-hmm. just be really mm-hmm. vulnerable with. Um, not be afraid to get help, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the in the church culture to say, I, I need to go to go see a counselor or um, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Um, but really creating a a culture from leadership all the way through the the uh, staff and organization where we admit our failures mm-hmm. and it's okay to 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 not be okay. Yeah, I love that. I think that's um I think that's what we're all trying to create. We're all trying to get there. One of my concerns with, you know, we have these very public, you know, use the word cancellations. It's like cancellations of someone's and they step over an egregious line. They shouldn't, you know, like in some ways it's like, yeah, that that makes sense. That's that's understandable. Um the every time one of those things happen, my concern is, man, people are just stuffing their stuff down deeper and deeper because they see that happen. And they're like, if I even open the box a little bit, man, things are going to, I'm done. And it's, and you know, mm-hmm. and that, um, man, we have to figure out how to, how to turn that trend around and stare at these issues uh, more deeply. So, so how are you leading differently now? So you're, you know, here you are, you're leading in the middle of a, you know, coming out of the pandemic, facing everything that you're, uh, that all of us are facing. Um, you know, it, Willow is a complex, large, you know, ministry, um, you know, doing all kinds of great stuff in Chicagoland. You have a huge portfolio there. I, I could imagine that leading in the portfolio you're in, man, it is set up for you to take the step back to where you were before. Like it is set up for you just to, to lean back onto old habits, old approaches, old, old ruts in your, in your mind, in your, in your brain. Um, what's different? How is it? How are you leading differently today? Yeah, great question. Um, my, it's funny. My counselor here in Illinois that, that I established a relationship with, you know, she has said numerous times, like I, out of everything that you've come through and that you're journeying, I just can't imagine that Willow was the the best place for you to step into. <laughs> you know, she kind of says that, and just just <laughs> yes. like it's like it's like you step into a really difficult situation, and. Um, I've, I have had to just be super mindful of, I, it's not about me. Number one, Mm -hmm. like, it's just Mm -hmm. not about me. I I am here to Mm -hmm. serve and love people well, and Mm -hmm. I may get some things wrong and, you know, I may Mm -hmm. not, 
Um, I may not be uh, like in the achievement category, like the, you know, the straight A student, which is good mm-hmm. for me because I don't need to be. Um, mm. But I'm going to, I'm just going to continue to remind myself daily that it's about caring and loving people, caring for and loving mm. people really, really well. Um, and so there have been times where I've just said, you know what, if that's, if, if this over here is what I'm going to have to have to shift to become in order to produce or achieve or see results from, then I'm okay to step away. And I just mm-hmm. may need to step out and do something mm-hmm. different. And mm-hmm. because of what I've come through, I know God has a plan and God can do that, but I, um, I just can't allow myself to go back there. So I've got good people in my life. My wife is mm-hmm. one of them who, when she starts mm-hmm. to see something is like, what's going on and where yes, are you? Yes. And, um, and I keep the rhythm of counseling so that my counselor can, can ask me difficult questions as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm just at so much peace, man. Now I, I will mm-hmm. tell you, it took me, took me a long time to get my confidence back. And I was not surprised. Mm. I, I was, I was not expecting that. I was super surprised by huh. that. Um, huh. Just a leadership confidence. Like I was really, really like scared and um, nervous that I was going to step into something that I just mm. wasn't even aware of because I wasn't aware of, of things in the past. Um, huh. But that that's kind of come back a little bit and mm-hmm. um, not in an arrogant way at all. I just, mm. I just won't, I just won't allow myself to go, to go back into mm-hmm. those scenarios, but having really good relationships around me, good guardrails has, has been so far super helpful and just mm-hmm. not a fear to, to just go, uh, this just might not be for me. You know, if it gets right. to a point where I'm not healthy, I'm not going to allow myself to get unhealthy so that a ministry can, can get, um, can see growth and progress. I'm just yeah. not going to. Dude, I love it. I love, uh, yeah, I appreciate what you said about your wife there. I know, and I've joked in other contexts that the voice of the Lord and the voice of my wife, <laughs> wow, they're like, they just sound very similar. There's a, there's a resonance there that, you know, often yep. she thinks, see things so clearly, um, for sure. Well, let's, let's maybe talk directly to a leader who's listening in today, who uh, can, your story's resonating a little too much for them. They're saying, mm-hmm. Ooh, I, in fact, a couple of times they've thought about turning this off. Cause they're like, ah, oh, this is, I don't want to hear this, this conversation today. What would you say to somebody who's, you know, they maybe are in that. Maybe it was the language thing. They're like, they find, they find themselves saying things that like, I, wow, I, that's like, why am I talking like that? Or they see things coming out mm-hmm. of their leadership. That's like, Ooh, that's coming out of a place of death and destruction, not out of a place of life. Um, what would you say to somebody like that today? Yeah. Um, well, number one, I would offer, an opportunity to have a conversation with me offline. And mm-hmm. I would love to be able to, to help anybody who's in that scenario where, where they're wrestling mm-hmm. with that because I can relate so much. And so I make myself available uh, to any mm-hmm. leader pastor that would, would want to mm-hmm. have a conversation and, and be safe in that. Um, but if it's not me, you got to find somebody, you have to find mm-hmm. somebody that you trust that you can go to and um, just be 100% transparent and vulnerable mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's to me, the very first step is just not having mm-hmm. any facade, not having anything like you mm-hmm. got to put together and just be able to be completely honest. Maybe it's a counselor, maybe it's another pastor, mm-hmm. at a different church, uh, but somebody that you trust. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that that's, I think that's where it, it all has to start and, and being mm-hmm. willing to, to go to those hard places. Uh, there's a book by Alan Nelson called embracing brokenness. And, um, mm-hmm. I would encourage us all, even if you're in completely healthy places, I would encourage you to mm-hmm. read that book. Um, 
but in especially when you're in a season where you're where you're maybe dealing and struggle with some things like that it talks about being voluntary broken and uh, and then also involuntary brokenness and we're going to be mm-hmm. you know god's going to bring us to mm-hmm. a place of brokenness one way or the other and so it's it's much better to go there on your own and that book walks through a lot about how to really get to that place of laying some of that stuff down and and really making sure that we don't sacrifice our heart on the altar of ministry for sure. So uh, the big mm-hmm. thing, man, is just having a conversation with somebody that you can be transparent and real with, you know, completely vulnerable. Right. Love it. Yeah, friends, this is how this podcast came about. Chris reached out to me because of a, a previous episode that we had on and he said, hey, if I, uh, if I can ever be a help with anybody, let me know. And I said, Hey, well, why don't you come on the podcast and talk about it publicly? <laughs> and he uh, he was uh, has graciously agreed, and so that's not off the cuff. There, he he is willing to talk with you, and so we've got a link in the show notes to his email and all that. So if you need to pick that up, uh, reach out. Chris is a great guy; he's a trusted a trusted leader that you uh, you know you could connect with. So I, I really appreciate this, Chris. Thank you so much for being on today. Is there anything you else want to say? Just as we as we close out, as we uh, close out today's conversation. Man, the, 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 the thing I'd love to just say is I, as, as difficult as January, 2020 was for us, um, we wouldn't go back. I think we just wouldn't go back mm-hmm. to, to the way life was prior to 2020, even though everything got mm-hmm. completely flipped upside down. Um, the mm-hmm. redemption of God's story in my life is incredible. And I think um, right. it was something that uh, I think Sonny or Sean, one of them said on, on your previous podcast, mm-hmm. it's something about uh, you have to fall all the way, right? And you can, mm-hmm. you, you have to fall all the way. And um, mm-hmm. I think in falling all the way, God, God has rebirthed something in me that is um, redemptive. So probably a big takeaway is just, you know, God's just not going to be done with you. No matter, no matter where right. you are, God's not done with you. And uh, your story does not define you. Your failures don't define you. And um, it, it can all be redeemed to help other people down the road as well as yourself. So um, just lean into it and allow God to do what only God can do and, and watch the story he unfolds. It's incredible. Well, I think that's a great place to end. Great last word, Chris. I appreciate being on the show today. Send love to the entire team cheering for you and uh, for everything that's going on. Willow, appreciate being here today and, and for helping us and helping and opening up a little bit about what's going on in your life. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.